It's Tuesday, April 13th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the uh, kind of interesting the way the ball bounces sometimes. Uh, sometimes it bounces off a guy's helmet and you lose four to three in walk-off fashion as the Indians did last night. Uh, really unfortunate uh, for Yu Chang, the way that uh, you know the game ended. Uh, he hit uh, Yasmani Grandal on the back of the helmet trying to turn uh, a double play. Really not even try to turn. I think the ball was hit too slowly to maybe turn a double play. Uh, but he was trying to go to second to get a force out there uh, with the runner on second. And Nick Madrigal uh, came around to score the winning run for Chicago. Uh, just a kind of a, a fluky way the ball bounced as it went out in the left field and Jose Ramirez had to track it down. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a game in like that for a while, Joe. I don't know if I've ever seen a game in like that. Uh, you know, you see game games end on airs, but that was that was a strange one. And I felt bad for Chang. I thought, uh, no, I know it. You know, people are saying he should have taken the out at, at first base, easy out, and you know, kept kept the runner at, kept the runners at second, and third, and then you know, Class A would have you know he he'd have uh, you know he could deal with uh, the bottom of the lineup to get you know, the, the third out and keep the game tied. But I think, you know, you're asking a guy that, that, you know, is new to first base. Um, I think uh, your instinct is to, to go to second there, I think. And uh, he doesn't have a lot of experience at first base. You know, how many times have we seen Carlos Santana make that play, but Santana has played first base for seven, eight years. Yeah. And, and Santana's uh, playing in, in Kansas city right now. That's, that's the yeah. other thing. You uh, Chang is a shortstop by by trade he's a shortstop by nature he he has an instinct to make that play at the bag and make that turn and we saw him make that play earlier in the game uh you know a critical play with the bases loaded cal quantrill on the mound and he got that uh, you know he made that turn i i really don't fault yu chang in his seventh professional game at first base uh, uh to you know for, for trying to make that play there and i don't think terry francona holds it against him he says he likes to see that instinct there but you got to know time and place, I guess. You've got to know what the situation is more than anything else. Uh, if that happens in the second inning, sure, great. If it happens in the ninth inning, you've got to know, hey, I need to get it out and make sure I keep my runners in place. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think, and this is what happens, I think, when you when you play guys out of position sometimes. I mean, if they had, you know, if they had scored, if, the, if Chang had scored the go-ahead run, in the sixth inning, instead of tying it up, you know, Bowers is probably in there. Jake Bowers is probably in there playing first base and, uh, you know, as defensive replacement, a lot more experience at first base. Maybe he, you know, has the wherewithal, the knowledge to take the out at first base and, and everything. Yeah, they're still playing. Or maybe Jake Bowers throws the ball off of your yeah. Osmani Grandel's helmet. That's why you never know in baseball. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, you know, sort of belaboring the point that Yu Chang. Uh, you know, might have made the wrong decision there. Uh, that that's going to come, and it, it cost the Indians one game. Uh, what's unacceptable, and what what happened subsequently, and you know, we could all pretty much see it coming. Uh, the the hate anybody is going to get messages after that game that say, you know, hey, you know, big dummy, you shouldn't have made that throw or whatever. But right now, in in this day and age, and in the time that we're living in. Yu Chang, being of Taiwanese descent, has been getting Asian hate mail and messages on social media, and he posted some of them uh, this morning, and and really it's just vile, disgusting stuff that there there's no place for it. Yeah, Joe, it's it's you know, and you know, social media, Twitter, 
all that is uh, is uh, you know the graveyard for uh, anonymity. Everybody's a tough guy on Twitter, you know, when they don't have to use their real name or they can use hide behind uh, the, the so you know social media and never have to come face to face with uh, Yu Chang. It's it's just there's rarely does anything good come from it, and that's well, that's sad. That's a sad the, commentary. The disappointing thing is, if you did ever come face to face with Yu Chang. He's like the nicest guy on the planet. He's always smiling. He's he's easy to get along with and easy to root for. He's just a a, a super nice guy. And to see him have to deal with this, uh, he he responded. He posted on there. You know, there's no place for this kind of this racism. Uh, um, you know, stop Asian hate. That 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 sort of thing uh, that's going on. And you know, he took the high road on it. But you've got to imagine that it 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 kills him inside to to see. You know, the guy just had a, a, a son. He had a, had a kid in the offseason. Think about that. He's He's got to be raising his son in a world where, you know, people are feel in, emboldened enough to, to send out a message like this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had a good game and he's played well this, you know, through the first the early part of this season. You know, I'd I like the way he's played. Uh, I'd like the way he's played first base. He, you know, he could be, you know, down the road. He, maybe he's the Indians, you know, next first baseman. Who knows? But, you know, he swung the bat well and he had a good game, uh, 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 you know, last night, right up until the ninth inning. And, you know, errors happen. I mean, you play 162 games, you can, people are going to make errors. You got to move on. It's not the end of the world. It's like you said earlier, it's one game and they've got 153 more to play. All right. Well, the uh, Indians did uh, snap a streak of what six consecutive games against the the White Sox that they had won. I think they went eight and two against them last year. Uh, towards the end of the year, they were you know really just pounding on them. Uh, we got to see Tristan McKenzie start his first game uh, of the season after coming out of the bullpen in the home opener. Uh, McKenzie blew through the the White Sox lineup uh, in, in the first inning, struck out three in a row. Uh, came out, got a double play ground ball in the second, and then ran into a little bit of trouble in the third. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, the, the trouble we've seen with uh, Tristan at times, you know, where he kind of loses command of the strike zone. Uh, he's facing the bottom of the, the Chicago order in the third. He walks two of the three guys he faces. He's got one out. Then, uh, you know, he, he kind of hung a changeup almost to uh, Adam Eaton, a guy he'd blown away on fastballs in uh, the first inning. And uh, Eaton hits a three-run homer, and that's really the decisive uh, hit of the game that erased a, a two-nothing uh, Indians lead. Right, yeah, and, and he doesn't put himself in that situation without the walks. But you know, I think in the the at bat to Eaton, it looked like, and and they said after he said afterwards, they might have overthought things with Eaton. They they'd gotten him on a a changeup earlier, and uh, they doubled up on a changeup, and and really he he was able to go down and get that pitch. It, it wasn't a, a terrible pitch. It was just over the middle of the plate. Had had a little bit too much of the plate uh, in, in retrospect. So, uh, you know, unfortunate there because he did what strike out six, uh, yeah. and, you know, at times looked, looked really good. And, and that's what the Indians are going to get with that, that fourth and fifth spot in the rotation this year. Uh, and, you know, sometimes in the second and third spot in the rotation as well, young pitchers, they're going to go through their stuff. Uh, it, at times, you're going to see really, really good. At times, you're going to see not so great, and it might lead to a loss. Yeah, with McKenzie, you know, he, he really impressed me. He kind of scared me, too. He's, he was pitching up in the zone with his fastball, 
and uh, the White Sox, you know, really couldn't catch up to it. I mean, and, uh, you know, I was just waiting for what somebody to hit one like four miles, but, you know, he did a nice job. Uh, and then, uh, you know, after the uh, three run homer, he, he comes back and strikes out, you know, he retires what five, the last five batters he faced, right. but you know, you're right, Joe, the, the walks hurt him the, his first time out uh, in, in relief. I think he struck out five and walked four. So, you know, that, that's something I'm sure he can knows he, he needs to improve on and he will. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a cool night. It wasn't cold. Uh, 76 pitches for McKenzie. They got him out of there, uh, you know, pretty early uh, after the fourth inning. Uh, Eddie Rosario hits a two run homer in the second inning. And then uh, Dallas Keuchel sort of settles in and he's, he does Dallas Keuchel things to the Indians, which is what he always does. Uh, he set down uh, what I think 12 in a row uh, before the sixth inning, he, uh, you know, kept the ball down, got a lot of ground balls. They showed a, a highlight reel on the, on the video board of uh, Jan Mancata making play after play at third base. So uh, you, you knew Keiko was doing something right because he's down in the zone and they're hitting the ball on the ground. Uh, Keiko, interesting, you know, got the start because Carlos Rodon uh, showed up with an upset stomach and he was a, a late scratch there uh, about two hours before the ball game. So uh, I don't know if Rodone's going to pitch on uh, Wednesday in in uh, in uh, Keuchel's spot in the rotation or not, but uh, we'll, we'll find out when we get to the park today uh, from the White Sox. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. We did get to see, though, after Keuchel, that sort of new look White Sox bullpen. And Terry Francona is right. They've got some impressive arms out there. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, you know, Evan Marshall, a former Indian, came in and, uh, you know, really kind of saved the day for them. Came in with in a bases loaded jam, nobody out uh, in the sixth and uh, gives up the sacrifice fly and that's it. Uh, so, you know, that really, uh, you know, the Indians were able to tie the game, but they had a chance to really blow it open there. And, and uh, Marshall uh, prevented that. Then you've got the 
you know, Bummer comes in, uh, the lefty, and, um, you know, he's very, you know, he's really, really a talented guy. And then uh, Cody uh, Hewer came in and just got kind of cl- shut the door. I mean, they didn't have a chance against this guy. Yeah, you, you remember uh, we, we talk about the the bullpen that the uh, the Rays had a couple of years ago where it was just like, you know, six foot five righty, six foot five lefty coming out of the pen who could all throw 100 miles an hour. We didn't even see uh, Michael Kopech or uh, Crochet, Garrett Crochet, Garrett Crochet uh, last night. And those are both guys that can get the ball up there, you know, at 100 miles an hour. Uh, it's it's looking like for all the gains that the Indians made in their bullpen and the way they set things up this year, uh, looks like the, uh, the, the White Sox are right there matching them. Yeah. It's going to be uh, an interesting uh, rivalry between these two, uh, t- you know, AL central foes, um, you know, uh, they've, the Indians have kind of dominated the uh, season series for the last three or four years, but uh, the White Sox uh, are a much different looking team right now. They've, got some decent starting pitching they've got a great lineup and like you said joe they've got they've got a, the, the makings of a dominant bullpen and uh so it's it, this four game series is really going to be a you know a good look into uh, what we can expect the rest of the year yeah we'll get into uh today's matchup here uh, a little later before we wrap up but uh, it should be a good one as well i uh, wanted to talk about the alternate site uh the indians with a seven nothing victory uh, yesterday against Louisville, uh, the Reds organization, uh, some some names, uh, Joey Cantillo, uh, one of the pitchers that was acquired in the Mike Clevenger trade. Uh, he threw three scoreless innings yesterday, struck out four, uh, faced 13 batters. So uh, pretty good. Um, uh, you know, other uh, guys in the game that, that performed well. Uh, hits for Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, and Daniel Johnson, uh, Mercado with two RBIs, Bobby Bradley, a solo home run, uh, Owen Miller, uh, three, uh, three for four with a home run, two RBIs. Uh, so yeah, you know, just, uh, all around, you know, pretty nice looking game for the alternate site Indians as they, uh, get closer and closer to, you know, uh, breaking camp and, and having a minor league season after that. Yeah, Joe, I was wondering, when, when do you think they might uh, seriously uh, consider calling some of these guys up? I mean, I guess there's got to be an opportunity first at the big league club. Uh, but I was wondering if they would let maybe the AAA season start them, you know, get the, get in a groove there and then maybe make a move. But, you know, guys like Mercado, uh, maybe even Owen Miller, who knows? I mean, yeah. But, you know, where do you, you know, Hernandez is playing well at, at, at second base. He's starting to swing the bat better. Uh, I don't know where you play Miller, you know, I mean, is there a spot to play him? Yeah. I don't think they're going to rush him uh, because, you know, he really hasn't played at tri- at the triple a level yet. So maybe a month, a month or two at triple a for a for Owen Miller uh, before they consider calling him up. And it also depends on how things are going, uh, you know, at the major league level for, for guys, uh, you know, who's contributing or not. Uh, they did, they did say they were going to play Miller a little at first base as well to try and, see what he could do there so everybody plays first base yeah everybody it's yeah you're either an outfielder or a shortstop or a first baseman in this organization (laughs) everything else is spoken for uh i i don't know i i I can't see the outfield mix changing much before you know early to mid-june that's that's just i think you got to let those guys sort of marinate there uh we did see josh naylor last night i think uh, naylor had a hit last night 
So he's he's not swinging the bat badly. You can't really move him. I think they're sort of committed to him as a right fielder for now. But uh, Tito did say that you're going to see him probably move into first base to keep him in the lineup when they they play the Reds. Yeah, with uh, you know Framil maybe going out to right field. Is that is that what the plan? And and uh, you I know, think maybe uh, you'll see Framil sit at least one game of that series. But yeah. uh, you know maybe two games out in right field. Well, who knows? He got he he would have to love to hit in that ballpark, Framil. Holy man! Yeah, That's you launch him in the lineup, don't you? Yeah, I mean he's going. He's you know he's he's done well. He's uh, you know had to sacrifice fly last night. Um, you know he's just he's he's in one of those grooves where I think you want to keep him going. Yeah, and what he had he had hit in seven straight games, something like that before last night's game. Uh, went over, but did have the, the the big sacrifice fly. So yeah, you're you're getting at least production out of Fran Mill right now. Uh, you you want to keep him in in his groove and in, in the order playing every day uh all right the uh, the big one is, is tonight I, I guess it's the it's the showcase game it's uh it's Shane Bieber the Cy Young winner uh against Lucas Giolito uh probably their uh the White Sox best best arm uh, you know their ace um he's uh I guess if you don't count Lance Lynn who hasn't given up a run this year uh Giolito what seventh place uh voting in the Cy Young award last year that uh, Shane Bieber eventually won but uh, this is a guy who really started coming on strong in 2019 and has been a problem for the Indians since then. Yeah, they uh, before uh, 2019, they kind of owned him. They, they, you know, they, they roughed him up a little bit, but he, I think he changed. He made some radical changes to his delivery and uh, he is really he's, he's been a dominant, uh, dominant force last couple of years here. And uh, it's going to be a great matchup. It should be fun to watch. And uh I would imagine there's going to be a lot of quick innings and, and a lot of strikeouts. Uh, Shane Bieber, what he has a, a streak of uh, 14 consecutive games with at least eight strikeouts. Uh, he has 17 career double digit strikeout games since 2018, including every game last year. And so far every game this year, uh, two, uh, twice this year, he's, he struck out 12 in a game. Uh, this will be his third outing. So, over under uh, <laughs> over under 11 and a half Shane Bieber strikeouts. You're taking the over or the under today. Oh, and, boy. and don't forget, this is the White Sox lineup that strikes out more than any other lineup. Yeah, yeah. I might go with the over in, in that case. I, I mean, we could see we could see depend. I, I got to find out who's who's the uh, the the home plate umpire, because that might factor into into it as well. I mean, if this is if it's a favorable matchup for Bieber, we could see you know, 14, 15, 16 strikeouts today. Yeah, that, I mean, and he is really kind of locked in. I was really impressed the last, his last time out, Joe. Even though he struck out 12 guys and he gave up, I think, three or four hits, he still was only at 100 pitches, 101 pitches. I think he pitched into the seventh, maybe got into the seventh. Right. So that's encouraging because I know – uh, Beaver wants to uh, get work deeper in the games. Yeah, and, and that'll be the key to, to, to see if the, the White Sox approach is to maybe lay off curveballs to make him pitch more, to, to extend him more. They sort of did that at the end of last season when he faced them. Uh, and and there, was, there was a little bit of frustration on, on Beaver's part where, you know, he's up there throwing and, and guys were taking pitches that he's like, oh man, they, they're normally swinging at those pitches. He, he wasn't getting the swing and miss towards the end of the season that he was expecting to get 
And, you know, part of that was because of the success he had had all the way up until that point. But part of it was the, the White Sox approach. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, he, what he incorporated uh, the slider more this off season to go to have something else besides the breaking ball. I mean, the curveball that kind of dips out of the zone, maybe the slider has a little, you know, sharper break, but stays in the zone a little longer and entices those hitters to uh, swing the bat. It has, has a little bit more of that run that, that, that they like to say it has a, a little run in the zone. Uh, and yeah, it, it should be interesting. Uh, he, he did sort of flip his his usage of the, the curveball and the slider so far this year. Uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, Hoinsey, more from uh, the City Abroad shoulders here coming up later on this week as we uh, keep going on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you later. All right, Joe.